Hello and welcome to another episode of the Burt's Books podcast and it is a bit of an unusual one because as I speak it is about half past nine on Sunday evening the 30th of January. I actually finished today's book that I'm going to talk about this morning uh, just before I got up from bed but I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and record a podcast because I then went out and had myself a little sausage sandwich whilst I did my finances. Then a chat with my dad because he he wanted to see Gladys, my new car. If you haven't been paying attention, Gladys is my new car. And then back in time for dinner. So this is the first chance I've had to tell you about the book that I have read. Um, And I'm going to go straight into it. It's called Flamingo by Rachel Elliott and it is coming up on the other side of this music. One of the perks of being a bookseller is free books. Not just the ones that you get free when you've got them in to send out to somebody and you think, oh, that looks good, I'll get an extra one for me. Not just those ones. But publishers get in contact with you and say, would you like to read this book? Sometimes it is because they think you'll like it. Sometimes it's because they are offering it to everybody and uh, they really want to push it because it's going to be the next big thing for them. And sometimes it is because they want you to do a little podcast episode or, or something with the author. This one was sent to me by somebody at Tinder Press. Uh, Tinder Press is Headline, uh, part of Hachette, so they are a small small imprint of a publisher who is part of a publishing group. And one of my favourite imprints, I would say, is Tinder Press, if not my favourite, because every time they publish something, it's just so, so good. Uh, So I'm always a little bit more receptive to them when they say, would you like to read this book? And I got sent this one uh, uh, via email, and I opened up the little uh, information sheet that they were sort of presenting with it. And right at the top was a quote from Sarah Winman, who uh, said she absolutely loved this book. Well, of course, then... I had to read it because, as we all know, Sarah Winman is one of my favourite writers. One of my favourite people, just in general, I think, as well. And if she told me to do something, I am gonna do it. So, what is Flamingo about? Well, I didn't look, obviously. I saw Sarah Winman and I said, yes, send it to me. But here is the blurb. In the garden, there were three flamingos. Not real flamingos, but real emblems. Real gateways to a time when life was impossibly good. They were mascots, symbols of hope. Something for a boy to confide in. They spoke of then and now, time being quick and slow. They spoke of love, welcome, sadness and waste. First, there were the flamingos. And then, there were two families. Sherry and Leslie and their daughters Ray and Pauline. And Eve and her son Daniel. Sherry loves her husband Leslie. She also loves Eve. It couldn't have been a happier summer. But then Eve left and everything went grey. Now Daniel is all grown up and broken, and when he turns up at Sherry's door, it's as if they've all come home again. But there's still one missing. Where is Eve, and what exactly is her story? So I was trying to think about what I would tell you about this book, because it's quite uh, an interesting one, 
Uh, and I'll get onto that in a bit, but the fact is there's quite a lot in that blurb there. So like, my rule generally with, with book reviews is, spoiler-wise, if it's revealed in the blurb, I can talk about it. Or if it's in the sort of first maybe 50 to 100 pages or so, where it's sort of all part of the setup of the book. So if you think of a book being a beginning, middle and end, if I kind of think something is in the beginning, I'll tell you about it. Often the, the big twists in books come as a, as a book transitions from beginning to middle. And those are the things I don't tell you about. Um, but I do tell you about stuff that happens in, in the setup. And what we've got here are these two families. But it's not told in the order that the blurb suggests. What it actually starts out with is Daniel as a 40-something man. He has split up with his girlfriend, we learn, and he is homeless. He is now living uh, on the streets. And actually, it, during the first part, it's, uh, he's, he's revealed he's only been there like two or three nights. And this is actually a really good way for me to describe the way that this, um, the writing works. So the very first chapter is uh, Daniel, Somerset, England, May 2018. He is cross-legged on the floor of the public library, deep in cookery, holding a book of old recipes, gripping it tight, his tears tapping out the code of how lost he is on its sun-bleached cover. He is soft rain, he is a filthy shirt. He is two nights on a bench, one night in a doorway, two nights under a tree, after years and years of mattress and cotton sheet. And I think that way of speaking, that way of writing, is it's quite poetic. It's, it's sort of fairly lyrical, but it, the way it, it's, it's making you think about it in that he is two nights on a bench, one night in a doorway, that in a way isn't what he is, it's what he's done, but what the writer is trying to do is get you to think, well actually this is now the sum of who he is because he's got so little in his life that he's defined by so few objects, by so few actions. And the writing is in that style all the way through. There's a sort of whimsy, lyrical uh, approach to this book. Uh, for instance, Daniel has an ornamental sheep. We don't learn about uh, its exact uh, providence but uh, straight away, but we do know that he talks to it and it talks back. Now it's very clear that this book, this, sorry, this sheep is talking to him in Daniel's head. It hasn't gone down the magical realism route uh, where the sheep, actually, the sheep actually does start talking to him. It's not that. Uh, it's it's in his it's in Daniel's head, but it allows us again an insight into how Daniel's feeling. Another technique that this book employs is it doesn't use speech marks. Now I know that some people don't like books that don't include speech marks. I don't myself often notice the lack of speech marks, but I notice them here, and it. Actually, I think, and I don't know if this was the intention of the author, uh, Rachel Elliott, but it gives you a sense of detachment in that it doesn't feel like a book. It feels like uh, an intended p 
piece of prose, it feels like a stream of consciousness. And it means that we don't always know what is being said out loud, what is being said in somebody's head, and what is being said by, say, a ceramic sheep. Where am I going with all of this? What am I talking about? Did I like this book? Well, actually, no, let's, before I, before I go on to that, let me talk about where I was going with this, which was kind of describing the setup. Uh, so he, we then have sort of flashbacks to his youth, where he lived next door to uh, Sherry and Leslie and their two daughters. And he, in Leslie, finds a sort of dad figure that, that he hasn't had before. And in Sherry, I don't know, it's not quite a mother figure, but something, maybe like a grandmother figure. The trouble is Eve, his actual mother, is quite young, so she was about 16 when she had him, whereas Sherry is sort of was sort of 10 years older than Eve. So perhaps maybe a bit more like a mum that the other kids he knows has. Not that he knows a lot of kids, because they've moved around a lot. And that really is the key, because they end up in this place, next door to Sherry and Leslie and Ray and Pauline, and they stay there. And for the first time in his life, Daniel starts to feel like he's part of a family. In the background of all of this, Eve and Sherry have a romance. And I don't really want to say too much about that because it's sort of the thing that I, I think you just need to let unfold and witness it. But it's, it's an interesting one because no names are given, no labels are, are written about who and what they are, or even about what their relationship is. Leslie is still very much like the love of Sherry's life, but then there's this there's Eve and, and how she sort of gets on with her, and this sort of the family becomes a, a, almost sub submerged within each other it's they all love each other and they all get on but then there's this sort of romance that's happening and you kind of feel as a, a viewer of it for want of a better word that you want Sherry and Eve to be happy but actually you also want Sherry and Leslie to be happy and can both of those things happen well that is something for you to find out or not to find out but there is a moment and Sherry uh, sorry Eve and Daniel leave and they never see them again until Daniel one day homeless sitting on the floor of a library decides he's going to go and track Sherry and Leslie down on the other side we also see things from Ray's point of view the elder daughter and uh, the way her life is going and how she doesn't feel part of her family. So you've kind of got Ray who's trying to escape this family and then you've got Daniel who's trying to find his way back in. And both of their lives, both of their childhoods are defined by Eve. Ray was besotted with her almost. Um, but you don't really find out if that was a romantic besottedness or whether it was a sibling thing or, or, or what that relationship was but it's it's certainly got the hallmarks of a teenage crush and then Daniel reappears and Ray is kind of her life is taken 
sort of finds this vibrancy again at the same time as she's found a new job and her life kind of takes off it's is this a good book yes it is i i liked it very much it was one that pulled me into it and uh, into this sort of makeshift family and you really start to feel a part of it and i didn't feel i didn't really notice that at the beginning so when I was first reading it, I was still trying to get to grips with the way that it was written, the way that it was structured. But I, as I was doing that, this story, this family was pulling me in, in the same way that even Daniel were pulled into Sherry, Sherry and Leslie's orbit. You are, as a reader, pulled in as well. And it's incredibly effective. The other thing that I noticed about this and this was something I noticed earlier this evening actually is that somebody was asking me for LGBT fiction that um, they could read that they could catch up on they wanted to read something a bit more diverse and I started listing off I was able to list um, books about gay men I was able to list books about trans people I was able to list books even by about bi people and of different sort of varying degrees but I didn't really know off the top of my head apart from sort of maybe say like some Sarah Waters ones any obvious books that contained lesbians and I think that isn't because they don't exist I think that is a limitation of my own reading I actively seek out books about gay men um, because I identify with that and I want to read more about that. I have actively sought out books uh, about trans men and about trans women because I want to understand more about that world and their community because you may have noticed there's been lots of debate in air quotes and arguments not in air quotes specifically uh, in the media and I, I wanted to educate myself and get an understanding of what it's like so I've, I've done that but I, what I haven't got is a wide sort of reading or a wide library in my head of books about lesbians so I, I, I recommended this book to you, the, this customer because I, I really did enjoy it and now that I'm thinking about it, I should have said Spirited. That was an excellent book by Julie Cohen. That was definitely one that should be read. Uh, so um, I will go back and uh, mention that one. But I need to read more. So if you know any books about uh, lesbians specifically that are excellent reads, I would like to know about them. Uh, and I'll be telling you all my contact details after uh, the sting towards the end. But back to Flamingo. I, like I say, I really liked it. And by the time I left the world of it, I wasn't ready to leave. And I feel like Sherry and Leslie specifically had pulled me in and made me part of their family. So I would highly recommend this one. Uh, if you are a fan of Sarah Winman, I think, yes, you will enjoy it. It's not quite up to Sarah's... Um, sort of standards as it were not her standards but sort of if you enjoyed Sarah Winman and you love Sarah Winman in the same way I do you will enjoy this but it won't be 
quite as good as. Now that means absolutely nothing because there are very few books that are as good as Sarah Winman's. But Flamingo by Rachel Elliott, definitely do check it out. So that is it. Thank you very much for listening to me ramble on about books as ever. That was Flamingo by Rachel Elliott and it is available to order right now at birthsbooks.co.uk. It officially comes out on the 3rd of February but that is not very long away now so uh, you won't have very long to wait for it. I would like to hear from you, as I said in that episode. Do get in contact with me, Bert at Bert'sBooks.co.uk. I nearly forgot my email address then. Uh, I am also at Bert's Books on Twitter and on Instagram. Please also remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. That way you will never miss an episode. As it is Sunday evening, I am about to head off to bed with a new book and I am going to do the unusual thing of telling you what that next book is. It's going to be called, well it is called Shades of Grey and it's not that one by E.L. James. It is in fact one from many years ago by Jasper Ford. It's one that I have read before Uh, But it has been a while, and a sequel to it is coming out later this year, so I want to refresh myself with the story. So that is where I'm going next. Where are you going next? Well, I don't know. Let me know. Remember to get in contact. Uh, In the meantime, keep reading.